We are grateful for another time in your word. We receive all that you have in store for us today. We ask that there will be fresh revelation, insight into your word. In the name of Jesus, as regarding the practice of the things of the spirit amongst us. Thank you for utterance tonight. As I speak, may I speak as your oracle, speak by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, every ear is anointed to hear. We hear well, we hear right. When I encouraged, we are strengthened. We receive light in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, because the things that we are learning in this period will enhance the, will be much beneficial to us as members of your body because you have anointed us for these things so that they can be beneficial for us. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, let me put this out. Uh, from the month of uh, March. Yes, I think month of March. Second or third week of March. We are going to be resuming. Uh, the plan is for us to resume um, physical meetings in the Yaba Church. Physical Wednesday service meetings. Okay. And um, well, it's going to be eventually, of course, it's going to be a hybrid meeting. Hybrid in the sense that it's going to be both on site and online. Okay. We would like to encourage as many people, as many of us as possible to make it to the physical meeting. There are four reasons for it anyway. Number one, the, 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 the online meeting can be a bit limiting. Strictly online meeting can be a bit limiting. And uh, limiting in the sense that there are things that if we were together, we would have been able, we will be able to accomplish if we were meeting physically. Okay, there are things that we will be able to accomplish better than online. Okay, essentially that we'll be able to do more. Okay, even though it's majorly a teaching meeting. So we will be doing that from March, sometime in March. However, the virtual Zoom meeting will still be there. We'll still be on Facebook and all the other uh, social media handles. Okay, so we're just putting that out there so that we can start getting sets. Those of us who live not too far away from church can still make it down to church. Even those of us that live far and we are still able to make it to church, let's pop into church during our midweek services. Okay. So let's get to First Corinthians and chapter 12. Uh, we have been looking at learning about spirituals. We've been on that since um, before the turn of the year, or since December. So we are learning the things about the Holy Ghost 
flowing with the Spirit in, uh, in our meetings, in our lives, and uh, making use of the of the endowments that we have by virtue of the indwelling spirit. We said that, uh, we have said that every believer has the ability, okay, to walk in the manifestations of the spirit. Last week, I think we did, we, we emphasized a lot on desire. If we don't desire it, we will not um, be able to flow. Utterance gives revelation gifts, power gifts. It starts with a desire. So Paul says in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12, concerning spirituals, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. In other words, you explain what that means. Means that don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Okay. But rather, in the last verse, it says that we should convert or desire earnestly. Okay. Chapter 14, verse 1 follow after love and desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. So, if you are not doing that as a Christian, you are shortchanging yourself. You are also shortchanging the body of Christ because the goal of the manifestations of the these gifts is for the edifying of the body. It's for the edifying of the body. So if we are not edifying the body, then it means we are being selfish. It means we are not walking in love. It means we are not allowing the Spirit of God to flow through us. And he wants to. So he wants us to be yielded to him. But the yielding begins with the place of desire. You don't say it's not for you. You don't say that you don't qualify. Praise God. You and I, every one of us qualify. What is the basis of our qualification? the indwelling Spirit of God. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak. The word and there is that word, K-A-I, okay, which means that they, that they were filled with the Spirit that meant that uh, 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 they could speak. So which means that, that they spoke was the evidence that they were filled with the Spirit. So you can't say you are filled with the Spirit and not manifest these gifts, especially utterance gifts. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and spiritual songs. So you cannot say you are filled with the Spirit without speaking. Why can you speak? Because you're filled with the Spirit. Why are you filled with the Spirit? Because you can speak. 
So therefore, the believer ought to exercise himself in these. Now, why will Paul give these instructions? If someone say, well, is that the Spirit wills, it's, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one that is controlling everything. No. I must say that again. Remember, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says in verse 5, he says, and there are, first of all, there are diversities or differences of gifts. Verse 5, there are differences of administrations. And we have explained what that administration means. Who is the administrator? You are. I am. To administer means to serve. We are the ones who serve with these giftings or these manifestations. And we've got to addict ourselves to the ministry to the saints with the love of God being our motivation. And so, if the love of God is your motivation, then it's you, 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 you will want to give yourself. Paul said, meditate on these things, give yourself wholly to them. Give yourself completely to them. So that your profiting may appear. So that is so that the 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 gains of these manifestations of the spirit in your life and in my life can be seen and it can bless others. Hallelujah. So once there is a thirst, there's a desire, a strong one. Amen. That is the starting point. Now, let's go a bit practical today. Let's go a bit practical today on the operations of the gifts of the Spirit or the manifestations of the Spirit or the operations of the Spirit in us. So number one thing I want, to I want us to establish today is that number one is that I've said it earlier, but I'll say it again and explain it more this time. Is the fact that you and I are the administrators and therefore can control the manifest, the flow of the Spirit. When I say control, it doesn't mean that we are controlling the Holy Ghost. No. The Holy Ghost, right, six to manifest himself is the will of God that he manifests himself. Why will he not manifest himself? Why will he not? What's the purpose of him having all the power and not manifesting the power? It does not make sense. Praise the Lord. Amen. So he wills. He wants to. He longs to bless man. That was why Jesus came in the first place. He said he did not withhold Jesus while we were sinners. How much more now? Why will he want to withhold? In the dealings of, man, of God on the earth, man has always been the limiting factor. Now, furthermore, Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, gave those instructions. Why? It was because Paul wanted to correct their practices. Now, if Paul, if God was fully in charge, what was the need? What will be the need for correction? <laughs> what do you want to correct? If everything is at the whims of God, you know, if it's as okay, God wills, God decides, 
Then, what's the purpose of the correction by Paul to get people organized? Now, look at what he said. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter uh, 14. Uh, chapter 12. Let's just stay with chapter 12. Let's see from verse uh, uh, verse 12. Let's start from verse 12. It says, for as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we are Jews or Gentiles, bond free, we have all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many members. Now, let me pause here and explain. Paul was, you know, from verse 1, he was talking about the manifestation of the Spirit, but one is giving this, giving another, that, you know, no, to mention nine of them. And then he now went to start talking about anatomy of man, the body of man. Now, obviously, Paul, remember, Paul used symbols to analyze to, to teach the Corinthian church. Now, he now begins to use body as a symbol. He says that all the members of the body, they all form a part of the whole. All they are all a they are all a part of the whole, and they all together form one body. So he's now using the body. How, let's see how he used the body as an analogy here. Verse 15. If the foot shall say, I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? What was he talking about? He was talking about gifts of the spirit. In other words, he's saying that come, you are you have the spirit on the inside of you, just like the body. You can't say, Well, my own is just prophecy. When it comes to tongues, I'm not interested. No, all the work at the self-state spirit, right? Why? for the edification of the body. For the building up of the body of Christ. So you cannot, he's saying that, don't say, well, this is my, uh, this is my own area. That area, no, I am not interested. I am not going to flow in that direction, in that dimension. No. It's the same spirit. Hand, foot cannot say, I don't need the hand. No. Hallelujah. He said, no, he can't say. Apologies about that network failure. So just like the ear can't say to the eye, I don't need you. You can't say that, oh, I will only speak with tongues. I will not seek to interpret. No. You can't say so. You shouldn't say so. Hallelujah. In other words, the Lord is, Lord is teaching that every one of us should endeavor to flow in the things of the Spirit in whatever dimension. 
that some of us were given to some manifestations. And when it comes to some other manifestations, we say we don't see ourselves flowing in those dimensions. Hallelujah. Paul says, no, that's not correct. Everyone does. Now, let me, having said that, I hope you got me, you got that. Let's see, how do we, what can we do to enhance our flow in the Spirit of God, in the things of the Spirit? Hallelujah. Let's go to Acts of the Apostles, chapter, uh, chapter 11. Let's go to Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11. Acts 11, Peter was reporting what happened in the house of Cornelius. But let's, 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 let's um, learn some things from it. Verse 12, 13, this is Peter spoke, speaking. He said, Cornelius showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be what? Saved. Take note. Who will tell thee? Verse 15. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell. The angel said he will tell you words. In other words, he will share the word with you. He will come and teach you. So Peter got there. Peter began to teach them. And then the Holy Ghost fell on them. Because they began to speak with other tongues. So that tells us that the more, I mean, the Teaching of the word, the hearing of the word, the knowledge of the word enhances the flow of the spirit. Did you see that? Acts of the apostle. Remember that Jesus, when he got, when he, um, he rose again. Okay. The Bible tells us that Jesus didn't do any signs and wonders anywhere. Okay, except the time when he gave them food, when he when uh, uh, the apostles he gave them food to eat when they when they were in, when they went out to to uh, fish. And Peter, Jesus made them by decision. And then maybe the time that um, he entered inside the house, walked through the walls, appeared unto them. But things like healing the sick and things like that, Jesus never did after he resurrected. But what the Bible tells us that Jesus taught them for 40 days. Jesus taught them for 40 days. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. Jesus taught them for 40 days. And then afterwards, he left them. Okay? He taught them and taught them and taught them. Imagine, 40 days. Every day, Jesus was teaching them. Now, remember... The day of Pentecost is was 50 days after Passover. Okay. And Jesus was crucified on Passover day. So he, 
he got rose up from the dead the third day. Right? Then he taught them for 40 days. That was 40. That's if you add that together, that should be about 43 days. So on the day of Pentecost, 50th day, right? That should be seven days. So it was about a week after that they did what? That was the day they got filled with the Holy Ghost. A week after Jesus Christ left. Follow me, I'm going somewhere. Now they were taught for 40 days. And Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says that they should tarry in Jerusalem and all that. Okay? And then they returned to Jerusalem, verse 12. Okay? And when they were coming, they went up to an upper, upper room of boats and there are boats, all those uh, uh, the disciples, verse 14. They continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Did you see that? So those seven days, what were they doing? Apart from normal things, they were also engaged in prayer. After they had been taught and then they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus had taught them what to expect. That's the reason why Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when he, um, after, when he, in his first sermon, he preached. Where, where did he get the knowledge of what he preached? He told them, this is not People are not drunk as they are. This is that which was spoken by prophet Joel. Jesus obviously must have taught them. Peter did not suddenly just get to know. Peter knew what was happening to them. For him to know what was happening to them, Jesus must have taught them. Praise the Lord. Because remember before he left, he had said, Mark paraphrasing, you know, Giving some certain nuggets of, of the teachings of Jesus. He said, You he said, in my name, you will speak with new tongues. So, which means that the disciples knew something about new tongues, even though they hadn't experienced it. But the knowledge of what Jesus had taught them enabled them to begin to speak or to yield to the spirit. They did, the Bible says that everyone was filled with the Holy Ghost. Everyone. And everyone began to speak. So everyone cooperated. They were aided by the knowledge that they had. So to flow in the things of the Spirit, the more knowledgeable you are, Ah, the more you study along those lines, the more you meditate, the more you desire it, hallelujah, the easier it will be for you to flow in it. Like I was sharing with us last week about the story of uh, Pastor Kumuyu that he shared, that I listened to online about, you know, the, his miracle ministry. He said he, he got before a particular crusade he went for in he did in nineteen in the eighties. He said that for a while he just he just got Maurice Aulo's books, I think messages. You know, I remember in the eighties then Maurice Aulo's messages used to flow around his tapes, just like Brother Higgins used to. You know, they used to bring them that we used to listen to them. You know. He said he he got he got his message and he got a book and he he kept on you know devouring and devouring and devouring and learning and devouring and by the time he got to the ground there was a lot of miracles so that's how the things of the spirit flow 
Number one, we've got to, you know, it is what you are knowledgeable about. That's one where you get more results. For example, I am not a medical doctor. So I can't treat you because I don't have that knowledge. And a general practitioner who is a medical doctor cannot even do brain surgery, even though he's a medical doctor. Why? Because he does not have enough knowledge to qualify to do that. Praise God. So what am I trying to do here tonight? I'm trying to find a flame on the inside of us. Listen. Why do we need the manifestations of the Spirit? He says, for edification of the body. Look at, even Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, verse 12. He said he gave, verse 11, he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. Perfecting means putting together. Praise God. Equipping. Catatismos. For the equipping. Equipping them for the work of the ministry. Why? For the edifying of the saints. So if you have, if we are so, if we are so concerned about the edifying of the saints, we should desire spiritual gifts. It should motivate us. Hallelujah. You know, I heard the story of Smith Wigglesworth. At the time, Wigglesworth, there was a, I think, yeah, I think it was Wigglesworth, that there was a woman that was bedridden with cancer. And the woman was in serious pain. So he was called to go to pray for the lady. So he used to go pray for the lady, you know, said he would spend the whole day praying, 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 leave her, leave her, you know. So he said one of the days that he, as he was coming, he hadn't got into the house that the woman began to, he began to hear the woman screaming in pain. Screaming in pain. You know, he was so moved. He said he began to run. He ran and entered the woman's room and uh, the spirit of faith, the gift of faith just rose up on the inside of him and he commanded the the sickness to the cancer to leave and things like you know, minister to her by the gift of faith. Because he was so moved with compassion, he began to cry as the woman was, you know, as he was hearing the woman scream. He said, right there and then, immediately the woman became well and the cancer left her body. You know. What he Bible says he was moved with compassion. God does not just want us to be moved with compassion to just say Pele alone. Oh, sorry. That's sympathy. Anybody can sympathize, but the compassion of the Holy Ghost can stir up the power of God in our in our hearts, in our body, I mean in our lives. Where we minister to people. Hallelujah. And we needed to preach the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of power. He said, How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost, and he went about doing good. Healing all those oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. We must not shut out our bow wells of compassion because
Thank you for holding on. Network apologies. So as much as we, we desire increase in other areas of our lives, we must see that we increase in the manifestations of the Holy Ghost also this year. Another thing we see, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. Praise God. Uh, or 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14. He says, verse 5, I would that all of you spoke with tongues, especially that you prophesy. So in other words, what he saying that practically speaking, you guys should start with tongues. But don't just stop there. Many of us will just stop with tongues. So don't just stop with tongues. There is more. He said, especially that he prophesied, for greater is he that prophesied than he that speaks with tongues in the context of edifying. When it says greater, it doesn't mean that that person is greater in stature. It simply means that, hey, the person is delivering more. Except he interprets that the church may receive edifying. So that you speak in tongues is not edifying the body. It may edify you, but not, it should edify the body. Praise God. Hallelujah. So except the person interprets. And in verse 13, he now says, if you want to excel, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. In other words, you want to flow in interpretation, be a person of prayer. The more you engage in prayer, the easier it will be for you to interpret tongues. One says, well, I don't know how to flow in interpretation. He said, give yourself more to prayer. Did you see that? That's very practical. Give yourself more to prayer. The more you pray, hallelujah. I've talked about knowledge, right? The more you give yourself to knowledge along the knowledge of the word, right? And also the more you pray, you'll be able to interpret. When you give yourself to much praying in tongues, you will, he said, pray that you may interpret. Oh, but pastor, I don't know what to say. Just pray much in tongues. Hallelujah. Give yourself to praying in tongues. Let it be a habit. Now, someone says, well, can I practice that personally? Yes. Ephesians chapter 5 that we read the other time says we should be filled with the Spirit speaking to ourselves what in psalms and spiritual songs. When you practice psalms and spiritual songs in your personal life daily, when it now comes, you, you, you will be more yielded you will, be more, you will be more yielded or more given to edifying the body with all trans in a, a corporate gathering. When you don't practice being filled with the Spirit in your personal life, that's why we emphasize that a lot you will find it more difficult to give yourself, uh, to yield yourself uh, 
to utterance or the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit in the congregation. The Bible says, Acts 13, verse 1, it said there were certain prophets and teachers, beginning with Barnabas and ending with Saul. He said, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. How did the Holy Ghost say? It was through one of them. But look at what was happening before then. They were ministering to the Lord. Ephesians 5. Making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Ministering to the Lord in psalms, sings, and spiritual songs. You know, you can begin to give yourself an, uh, what do you call it now? A target that today I will, I will flow in psalms, sings, and spiritual songs twice every day. You know, you can do that. I remember reading Brother Higgins' book, you know, when he said he will, he will, he said sometimes all night he'll be doing something and spiritual songs all night. I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's wow, Azul. You know? Sometimes I said, go two, three hours, he's, 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 he's flowing in something and spiritual songs. Amen. Like I told you, how do we get proficient in it? Feed on the word pretty much in other tongues. Pre feed on the word pretty much in other tongues. Feed on the word pretty much in other tongues. Hallelujah. So you can design. I want to flow in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, yeah, you can. You can. You can. Hallelujah. For the spirit is a speaking spirit. And it has given me a tongue of the learned to speak. And so I will speak my way unto victory. I will speak my way unto increase. I will speak and never keep my mouth shut. I will speak even in the midst of turmoil. I will speak and yield myself to my, yield my tongue to his word, to speak forth his word. Oh, I will speak forth his help. Ah, for his helper will be made available unto me. For the Lord is my helper, and so I will not despair. For the Lord is my helper. Oh, even though it looks as if I'm sinking, Yet I will still rise, for the Lord is my helper. He will not allow me to sink, even if I have not done things that sinked, even if I, where I have disobeyed. Oh, he corrects me, he chastises me, and he puts me back in line. And so I am assured of victory all the time. I'm assured of victory because he is on my side. Oh, he, my future is secure because he is on my side. He is ever for me. He goes before me and causes to his way to be straighter. And so I will not bow down my head in shame. And so I will not be disgraced. For I shall be mightily helped. Oh, therefore, I can sing the song of victory. Because the one who is my helper is for me. He is beside me. He is with me. And it causes every crooked way to be made straight for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, you, you can just, you can, when you're going through things, don't just keep quiet. Hallelujah. Oh, mutter to yourself. Speak to yourselves in some sense, um, spiritual songs. Making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So when you learn to flow in those dimensions, it will be a whole lot easier when, I mean, when you come into the congregation of the saints. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at a, uh, 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 uh. something else. I have said two things. Uh, how to enhance uh, the flow of the spirit, especially in utterance. You know, we said that in this uh, teaching, uh, we are going to be focusing a lot on utterance. Praise God. Because that's the where we start from. That's the, that's the door 
Glory to God. Utterance and revelation can flow at the same time. Praise God. So he says, uh, let's go back to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14. Okay. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's see verse 20. 28. Or let's see from verse 27. If any man speaks an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three. And that by cause. And that by cause. And let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. Let him speak to himself and to God. Now, someone says, well, can't you see? That means that there are some people that are giving to tongues, but they can't interpret. It's not their fault. Really, if you look at it in line with what Paul has said earlier, he said, anyone that speaks in unknown tongues, he said, let him pray that he should interpret. So if we have someone, he said, if we have any man speaking in an unknown tongue, Right? And he's not, he's waiting for someone else to interpret it. It's either that person has chosen not to, or he is, he has not schooled himself enough to interpret. He said, because that pray that he might interpret. Does it mean that it's possible for me to interpret, to interpret my tongue, my messages in tongues, uh, to the in the public, oh yes, oh yes, hallelujah. So if you have not given Paul is now giving some guidelines. He's saying, "Hey guy, train yourself to interpret. Pray that you may interpret." Yes, but there. Paul now says some, there should be other people who will interpret, which means that we have people in different levels of growth. Paul has said in, in his instructions on how this utterance gives you flow, he's saying that, hey, guys, you know what? Everyone should be able to interpret. But for adventure, there are some people who don't. Right? We should have people in the church who have disciplined or trained themselves along those lines to yield to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So, so we should have interpreters in the body, in the, in the local assembly. And every one of us, he said, because all of you can prophesy one by one. All of you. If everyone can prophesy one by one, it means that everyone can give himself to interpretation. Now, it says, let him keep silence. Let him speak to God. That is not a compliment. Hallelujah. That is not, that is not compliment. Why, why should I have a word and I'm not able to speak it or interpret it? That means that if I have edification of the body as my goal, as my motivation, I should pray to interpret. I should do what? I should pray to interpret. What else do we learn from here? Look at, he said, him, he said let him hold his peace. So which means that really, then, <laughs> oh, glory to God. Verse 29, let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. So which means that really that verse 32, the spirit for verse 31, for you all may prophesy one by one that you all may learn and you all may com be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophet. So what is Paul saying there? He's saying that come, 
nobody should say, ah, I can't control this thing. Ah, oh, you know, I, 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 just, I just have to say, ah, is the Holy Spirit is moving me, is moving me, is moving me, moving me. Yeah, no. And then just scatter the whole place and cause confusion and disorderliness. No. Remember, you are the administrator. You can hold your peace. And when such things happen, you don't feel offended. Ah, they did not allow me to prophesy. They did not allow me to give that word that the Lord wanted me to give. These people are very carnal. No. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. It means that the prophet can start and stop. Hallelujah. Do you know, I, 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 I can be given a word and somebody else has a word. You know, I can keep quiet. Amen. And let that person, the other person, give his word. And then I can come back to mine and continue from where I stopped. Why? It's the same spirit. I am the administrator. Hallelujah. So I say, ah, no, I will lose it. No. Hallelujah. Why would you lose it? It's the same inspiration. Hallelujah. So I'm encouraging us, brethren. Let's flow more in the things of the Spirit this year. Glory to God. Let's flow more in utterance this year. And you know, utterance will lead to revelations. Revelations will lead to more of the power of God in manifestation. Amongst us. It ought not to be a one-man affair or just a few people, two, three people within a local assembly. No. It says all of you should desire it. All of you should desire it. To be filled with the Spirit is to speak. So, just like you speak in tongues, go beyond that. Go beyond that. For personal edification and the edification of the body. Hallelujah. Let inspired utterance flow from you to your neighbor so that your neighbor can, be, can learn and your neighbor can be comforted according to the scriptures. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We're grateful. Thank you for the teaching of your word. We receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, because we are more proficient. We see the manifestations of the Spirit amongst us within our, the, our local assemblies in our various meetings, and we do not despise prophesies, but we desire prophesies that all may learn and that all may be comforted in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.